What's happening? Welcome to episode one of Embellished. Very excited. Chris Dobson, Peter Bowers joining as well. We've been trying to get this thing out for a long time. Um, we've had some technical difficulties, some scheduling difficulties, but bottom line is we are finally here. Pete, how the hell are you, buddy? Doing fantastic, brother. It's been uh, it's been a little bit of a journey. You forgot the little part of that. We're a little bit lazy on certain days too of the week. We don't want to get off the right. coach to put this together, but uh, you know, happy <laughs> to get her off the ground and ready to get moving. It's, oh, uh, it's all right. Be so fun. for anybody who knows, anybody who wants to talk about like what exactly is embellished, what we're doing, why we're doing it, uh, you know, this is an idea Pete and I've been tinkering with. Uh, just so everybody knows, we've worked together for many years, um, and you know, basically from that point, we've established. I'm going to say a love for each other, maybe a man crush a bit. Uh, overall, sure. it's, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this is something, it's a platform we've been looking to do. We've just been looking to shoot the breeze. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of connections. Obviously, uh, the number one piece for us is uh, we're, we're pretty big sports guys. Um, this won't be exclusively a sports podcast, but at the same time, you stick with what you know and what we know is sports. So we're going to talk about a little bit. Uh, so Pete, and tell us a little a bit about the podcast. podcast. We're not yeah, a fan-based podcast. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're going to give you biased opinions. Yes, I said biased opinions, uh, based on uh, based on what we love and what we, what we believe. And you know, we don't want to be just that podcast that's out there talking uh, about the Montreal Canadiens, about the Moncton Wildcats, about the Halifax Mooseheads. You know, we we want to talk uh, every sport, every topic. If you got something, fire it into us. Uh, Chris will have all the deets on where we go with the you know information and updates and, and topics, but. It's nothing's off the table, um, and you know, I think it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have a lot of conversation. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and uh, it's yeah, I'm thrilled to finally get this thing off the ground. Um, I I want to start off right out of the hop. I mean, obviously, something that's a little near and dear to your heart. Uh, we're going to start with the NFL a little bit. We're going to talk about the retirement of Drew Brees. One, I don't think it's an absolute shocker that this is happening. But overall, you know, as a huge Saints fan, you know, what what's your reaction? What are your thoughts? I, I mean, you, you can't be upset with the fact that he's finally hanging him up. Uh, no. I mean, again, huge Saints fan, many, many years. Been through a lot more painful game-ending uh, playoffs than the Drew Brees retirement, if you know what I mean. It's been... You know, when I read it yesterday, I knew it was coming. If you talked to me in the past, you know, everyone sort of assumed it was coming. You know, mid-season when he bro- broke ribs, punctured lungs, I think that was um, the final piece of it that realized, you know, I don't, I don't want to go out like this. I want to have a, I want to have a life after football with his kids. Um, what it means to to New Orleans, um, you know, listen, I think James Winston is going to come in and, and do the job that needs to be done. The last. This last season, we played an offense. Sorry, we played an offense. We're not a fan base. <laughs> uh, but New Orleans played a... Yeah, uh, woo New Orleans. Uh, but we played an offense that really got to the point where a qualified arm in the pocket could control that offense. We had uh, some, some wildcat. We had, you know, just some mix-up plays. So sad to see him go. I don't think it's going to impact our offense a whole bunch. Um and you know just wish him all the best in retirement and and uh, you know he's already i see he's already signed on with nbc to do to do uh, you know some shows with them but, and so you do know, you I genuinely even, believe you honestly think in your heart of hearts that james winston can carry this offense uh i think sean payton can carry the offense with the tools Boom. he has um, okay yeah 
even if you look back at a couple of the games this year and even the playoffs, some of the play calling is suspect um, when you're pulling off, you know, you're pulling Brew Breeze off to put uh, Hill in there to, to make the plays, right? It, they kind of shifted at that point knowing that he was injured. I, I don't think he ever recouped um, outside of the pocket that presence because he had a fear of what could happen. And, you know, like I say, there's no there's no bad taste in your mouth when the guy retires at 40. You know, no. it's... It's it just goes that it it's and yes I think Winston will will do the job uh, you know do they obviously they leave behind that leadership um, right but their defense has stepped up and they will have to step up again um, come next year but you know it's all right to, to, but I also think it's probably fair to say and I I mean you know me I'm not a Saints fan um, but at the same time I don't think a team has been screwed harder than than the New Orleans Saints come postseason time either. Um, and I don't like to go back to the last few years and talk about calls and officials and how it all works out. But, I mean, facts are facts, Pete. <laughs> facts are facts. Yeah, I mean, really, it's about the situation of the game. You can go, yeah, There's there's been plays, there's been penalties, there's been calls that just seem to stack up against one quarterback and go for another quarterback. But right. uh, there's also plays that you just didn't call the right play and you just didn't have the right uh, personnel on the field. So, you know, it's over, you know, from the Drew Brees era. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen game one next year. And I I think Winston's there, and I think we can get back to the playoffs and and, uh, keep pushing. I wonder if they'll put them against Tampa in the first game. I wonder if that's how somehow, some way, they'll try to turn this into, like, some divisional rivalry again. And, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. It's a tough one. Go ahead. I just you know it's one of those conversations I know that comes up and they and you read the the comments about Breeze retiring and they start talking about goat and and I just don't like the terminology and I just don't like you know trying to identify one player and I'm not saying quarterback I'm not saying running back wide right. receiver defensive tackle just trying to define one player um, that defines a team and I don't you know like I said I love Drew Breeze but I don't think he defines the New Orleans Saints. Oh, gosh, no. No, 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 no. Not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, he'll, you know, he, he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's you know. Absolutely. And it's, he, right. And, I mean, he'll go in as a New Orleans Saint, of course. I mean, other than the first couple of years, he didn't play there. But, I mean, that's that's where his home is. That's who he is. Um, I would think that it's probably a safe bet. You're right. They don't define the team. But if you think New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees is probably the first name that comes to mind. 100%. 100%. And that's, yeah. that's I think that's more leadership. Now in the last couple of years, then then performance on the field, um, but the leadership and, and what he brings to the field, uh, you know, you know, four or five years ago he was on the field with two minutes to go. It was a foregone conclusion that we right. were pretty sure they were going to win. But uh, last couple of years it was you know they had to had to grind for it. So wish him all the best. So, uh, like I say, we'll see where it goes next year. I think he'll absolutely kill it in the broadcast booth, though. I think uh, oh, know, yeah. Drew Brees is a smart man. I think so. I mean, Tony Romo is an average quarterback, and he's doing okay. <laughs> well, Tony Romo is probably <laughs> one of the best booth guys I've ever seen in my life. The only yeah. guy I think that would have come close to him would be Pat McAfee. Um, let's leave Mardi Gras for a minute, and I want to talk, obviously, the big news coming out of Tampa Bay, of course. Tom Brady resigning, Gronk resigning. Not that it's a huge shock to anybody. Um, but I would think they instantly have to be favorites to repeat. I think so. I, I, 
I didn't see any other team do anything drastic thus far, I should say. Right. That would that would combat that. I mean, if you looked at the, the start of last season, took their time to get their feet underneath them, that's for sure. And once they get that offense clicking, it's their front four is fantastic yeah. uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they give they give that old man time to throw the ball, and he'll torch you if you give him time. You know, and there's no doubt about it. Um, their defense is stifling. They they have all aspects of the game. Um, and I have. Are there any worse fans in the league than Tom Brady fans? Though, bud, they're, they're like, come on. <laughs> You're gonna go come down on. this path, episode one. Episode but, one. Hey, we said this was a biased opinion. Yeah. I, I wish we could get RJ on the show. I mean, if we could have him here. I mean, you want to talk about guys who absolutely are in love with 40-year-old men. Um, yeah. I just... Yeah, he's... Uh, like, it's just pandering back and forth. I, I understand right. everyone Everyone supports... Uh, I'll call him a superstar, obviously. and He's the greatest of all time, man. It's not, it's not debatable anymore. Right, and but you know, and I'm not debating that, but it's there's always more to it than just one player, and there's and that's You're right. where I, I think my point is is he left when he left the system in New England, he left a great system, and it, and by all means, it's he's a smart individual on that impact. He goes to a team that has the tools that he recognizes to win, and right. the fit in Tampa Bay was ideal, and. Listen, I'm okay with people cheering for other teams, but when you're throwing on another jersey, oh that's, god, that's, that's where disgusting. I draw the line. It's come on, you and can cheer for so him, the... but, but right. what are you going to do when he retires in a year and a half? Throw your jersey out, or now you're a Tampa Bay fan? Well, now you, now you're a fan of the retirement with Tampa. Right? No, what if he didn't yeah, sign right. with Tampa Bay and went to another team? Then you get a jersey. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I would love to see the look on Jeff's face if all of a sudden somehow you know he had signed with like the Jets uh, or something along those lines. We're like, what are you a Jets fan? And just so everybody knows what Pete's referring to, we've got a good buddy of ours, and he is apparently a diehard New England Patriots fan. Uh, and then of course, as soon as Tom Brady left, it was all well. I'm a Patriots and a Bucks fan now, and Pete I'm gives him the fan. gears. Yeah, he's a Brady fan, and that's fine. Well, but you don't pick him. You don't do it. There's no fun picking on someone if he's not going to respond. <laughs> nah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I give them all the credit for for jumping on it, and I guess we're going to have another year of uh, two team Patriot fans. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where that goes next year. You know, I I, I don't don't want to beat him up on Cam Newton, but <sighs> what? No, I will. The hell are they doing? Um, <laughs> is there really no other options available? I, I, I just are they going to work on him making him a throwing quarterback again? Like one dimensional. Can and, he be a throwing like quarterback it, again? I, I I would think he still has some arm left on him, but right. for many years watching him match up against uh, the Saints, all right, it's he had the legs, he had it all, and then it's just kind of when you get to the goal line, you know who's getting the ball. I don't know. Right. And there's a defense for that, and. Teams build and prep and build team. Uh, sorry, uh, defenses towards scrambling quarterbacks. And if you go backwards, the only uh, the only quarterback I've seen sustain it over over many years is um, oh my gosh, Casey. Um, oh my god, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, thank you. You You're look welcome. at 
I was like the half it's, billion dollar man. Oh yeah, I know. It's just <laughs> phew, out of the brain. Um, when you look at him and then the other the other quarterbacks, they usually end up QB spy or being able right. to keep an eye on that quarterback so he doesn't torture you with his legs. But he's the only guy that I'm still able to, no matter what plans drawn up for him, other than what Tampa Bay did in the playoffs because that was just. Super Bowl, sorry, that was just another, another level of shutdown from uh, from that perspective. But oh, it was crazy, absolutely, absolutely. But, Last topic I want to talk about the NFL. Go ahead. Yeah, but just staggering back from 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 Cam Newton, I yeah, it's it's different from picking up a one uh, from a million bucks to seventeen or whatever it was. So it's, right, uh, that's that's he's got a hell of a lot to prove. I mean, what did what did uh, Washington get uh, Fitzpatrick for? <laughs> you know. It's you look at it and you shake your head, but you think, man, you know, he probably impacted more games than Cam Newton did last year. Look, I, as an indie fan, I'll tell you right now, I've got a huge question mark on Carson Wentz and which version of him we're going to see. Um, you know, it, you know, you talk about spending money on QBs, but that's just you have to take that gamble. I mean, you're going to reunite Carson Wentz with Frank Reich. Um, you know, Indy needs a QB. I know there was a lot of speculation about Andrew Luck coming out of retirement. I, I myself, am guilty for it. I wanted to see it. I, at this point, it's just a pipe dream. But I think, to me, the biggest, the biggest thing I think I'm happy to see at this point from an NFL standpoint is I'm disappointed that Green Bay didn't get through. I thought this was the year Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. He was the guy. Um, a few mental lapses at that point, too, especially during that Tampa game. I mean, you're never going to get an opportunity. Tom Brady's not going to throw that many picks in a game ever again. Green Bay's defense stood up that way. Uh, and then there was rumors about Aaron Rodgers talking about possibly leaving Green Bay. I'm glad that those rumors kind of got put to rest because uh, a guy like that, I, I don't want to see him leave. It's like, look, same idea with Brady. I don't, I'm happy he signed in Tampa because that's where old people go to basically get close to retirement. They go to Florida. Uh, but as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, I, I don't, it's just an error. I don't want to see him leave Green Bay. I mean, outside of Brett Favre, right. he was the guy. And, you know, I'm glad they kind of look like they've worked things out. And I think they're going to try to get him a ring before this is over. Right. And, and I agree wholeheartedly. I I always think of the uh, Ray Bork factor, you know. Won right. the cup so bad he left Boston. And to, you know, people say, oh, he got his cup. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But he was he was just a piece on a really good team in, right. in, in Colorado. And uh, it's sort of... It doesn't tarnish his career, but it's just kind of these like you couldn't do it with your legacy in Boston, and so you you got traded out to Colorado. Same with you know uh, Rogers has his Super Bowl right, and right, and it's it's like you're there, finish it, build it, you know, finish it off, bring a couple more pieces in, you're there. I you know, yeah, I would like to see him finish his career in Green Bay, and. Uh, Stop this merry-go-round of quarterbacks in the last two years that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's leave the gridiron, man. I mean, let's talk uh, shit. Where do you want to go from here? We can go anywhere. Where do you want to go? Where did we go? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, we could, It's again, it seems like we're being our fan bias, but I, you know, people shitting on Carey Price. Um, it's not possible. It's not possible to shit on Carey Price right now. Um, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but this is so, <laughs> pardon my language, folks. Uh, this is passion for me. Um, anybody, I mean, look at his last four, last six starts. I think even four starts. I think he's four one and one now. Or five. anyway, I don't know the record, but he's back. He's back to like a nine fifty six save percentage, and like a goals against like a one point two five. Um, I, I look. 
you're a goaltender. It's a prime yeah. example. I mean, there was a lot of things that kind of came and go. There was a lot of rumor speculation. I mean, obviously, when they fired Stefan Waite and, you know, the Habs were in full panic mode right now. Um, you know, let's, obviously let's, some... Just before we go too far, let's just, let's just correct something. There is nothing that Stefan Waite can teach Carey Price. Right. <laughs> right. So, you, you know, uh, and like I say, the side of it from a goaltender perspective, sometimes shit just doesn't go your way. Right. And he's out there thinking he's doing everything he's been doing the same for the last year, number of years. And sometimes the bounces don't go your way. Sometimes the rebound doesn't get cleared. You know, I'd like to see the percentages on first first stop uh, first stop chances or you know the rebound goals. Like his job is to stop the puck, and right. the defense job is to help clear it. Um, but you know, he's still doing everything he can do to win. So for people to to come across and you know say he's not into it, he's not vested, or he's you know that's just. That's not the way pro athletes are wired, in my opinion. Like they're they go out every night, and it's got to be monotonous at times to go out there when you don't want to or where you're not feeling it. But that's not an option. They they have to find that 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 jump. And I think he's out there doing everything he can. And you know, I still think Montreal is overachieving with the young talent they have. And when they start to go on a little skid, people start to realize, oh, they're not as good as they are. They, they were expected. I don't think Montreal expected to be as competitive as their fans expected them to be this year after stringing together a couple of wins. I think Montreal is built, and I mean, the, I mean, obviously the goal is to make the playoffs, but I'll tell you right now, this is a playoff-built team. I mean, they've got four solid lines. You know, I don't know how they're going to address the Ben Sherratt situation now that he's out six to eight weeks. Um, but overall, like going back to Carey Price, I mean, Pete, you know us. I mean, we're, I, I, I'm a biggest Habs fan as it gets. Uh, but I always tell people this, and I'm a hockey fan first, Habs fan second. But nothing, and I mean nothing, pisses me off more than how ignorant Habs fans are. I mean, this whole, when you talked about Carey Price and what he was going through and the battles he was struggling and everything that was happening, people were talking about his gear. And very well, absolutely. Goaltenders are weird cats, man, and you can attest to this. You guys are very superstitious people, but this stank of Price versus Halak years ago, what was taking place, and of course, I love Jake Allen, New Brunswick boy, absolutely love him, having a great year with the Habs for the starts that he had, but everyone was like, oh, we should dump Price, and yes, his salary is a handcuff situation, but give it up with the carry Price is going to Seattle nonsense. It's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. No, and, you know, the unique thing about the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they still bring people into the building. Uh, people come to see when to when see you can get into the building. Exactly. Well, they're coming yeah. for the experience. You want to win a few. You want to go deep. That's management wants to. But as long as they're keeping people in the seats, obviously uh, this year's an exception and and past. But uh, they don't just ship out marketing pieces like Carey Price because he's having an average year which still puts him in the top five in the NHL as, as goaltenders. Right. You just don't. And, uh, yeah, Arguing I, the just, world. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just and that's, you know, going back to being biased, biased and being fans and, you know, that's the 
biggest and toughest thing this day with the, the platform that we're using today or through Twitter's how many people are out there flinging shit just to get a response and how many people are flinging shit because they believe it is it's the challenge and there's so many there's so many great armchair uh, GMs out there that really think they are better at the job than you know the 31 guys that are doing it today um, I just it's 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 hard to follow along when you have people that make comments of <laughs> Yeah, Carey Price is the shits, uh, you know. Well, what makes me happy work. is looking at, well, I'm going to use Tyler Toffoli, prime example. Tyler Toffoli is now second in goal scoring in the entire National Hockey League now after last night behind Austin Matthews. Right. Right? Like, yeah, that's... for $4.5 million a year. Anyway, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. You talked about people throwing shit, and, uh, you know, I just... It blows my mind because the social media aspect, and I'm going to want a bit of a rant for a second, and that was, you know, nothing upsets me more than these keyboard warriors who think that their shit don't stink. Uh, they think that they can just bully people around because they're behind a keyboard. And I was a prime example of that last weekend, man. Like, we were talking off camera a little bit, and it irritates me. I mean, you're a dad of two girls. Uh, you know, I've obviously got a young, I've got a young family as well. Um, it's it's petrifying to see the society that our, that our kids are growing up in today. You know, I called a QMJHL game between Moncton and St. John this weekend. Uh, I was doing color and, uh, you know, I, I'll you know, talk about embellishment and name of our podcast for it. See what I did there? Brought it, brought it right back here. Um, but, you know, it was, you know, we made a bit of a homer call in overtime. Um, the officiating, and I'm not even afraid to say it, was not very good. Um, there were some bad calls made. And I, look, I've been extremely professional for seven years while I've been on air. Um, yes, I, I, I was wearing rose-colored glasses a little bit. I I may have gone a little too far. I didn't do anything dramatic. I didn't say anything foolish. But I just said, you know, you can't call that in overtime. Put the whistles away. I mean, it's an absolutely terrible call. You can't do that. And I do get why. But I upset so many people, Peter, that I was getting blown up messages in my, like my Instagram, my Facebook, uh, my Twitter feed. People were commenting and making comments to me to prove that, like, in fact, I'm not even going to, I deleted most of them because the number one rule in media is never read your own comments because, honestly, you'll just get ripped to shit and it's just not worth it for right. your own mental health. But I've got broad shoulders, but I saw a couple messages that came on through. One of them was, like, threatening my kids. The other one was, like, and, and it really, it terrified me, man. Like, it terrified me. Yeah, it's, and it's terrifying in the fact that people have the gumption to write these things and not read them before right. they, before they post them um, and I mean what's that person doing when they watch an NHL game like if you if you watch a Leafs game on a Saturday night there doesn't be there doesn't come much more bias than the, those announcers um, you know it's like how many times do you think Ray Ferraro gets messaged in his DMs ripping him to part Pierre Maguire right. probably got ripped apart a little bit sometimes yeah. but overall <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, that's the plat. You know, unfortunately, that's the that's the platform that's been provided for for these people. And, and again, I don't know if it's to actually critique and comment on something that's happened, or just to see if they could be the one to to blow someone out of the water. Do you know what I mean? It's, right. It, to your point, it's the best the best and worst thing about uh, about social media is the platform it is to uh, have people comment from outside of your your group um, and I just don't think 
I just don't think we take enough care and caution into what we're putting out there in the world from a, from a commenting perspective. And it's because it's you know, we don't, don't they don't have to. It. Yeah, it's but it's you just hope it changes. Um, I, I thought of this comment. You know, the thing, the worst thing about social media is uh, it gives people a shit. Gives people who don't know shit about shit a platform to talk about shit. Do you know what I mean? It's just like it's they may not even follow hockey, but they don't like what you said, and next thing you know, it's blown up. But you know, that's, that's the beauty of going viral. You don't have to know it, but if you go viral, people will think you know something. Right, and you know that's you know I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to go too. No, far no, that's that fair because it's uh, yeah. Oh, good. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I actually want to talk. Go, you go, 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 go. I'm just going to throw a little plug because I don't know how far this goes, but uh, songwriter circle. I don't know if you're a local local uh, music guy, but uh, during the whole pandemic, we've been obviously shut down. I used to attend a lot of songwriting circles down at the uh, the casino. Bruce got through a songwriting circle. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, they've been doing they've been doing them virtually the last couple every other week uh, for the last four weeks. I think it was uh, through Bruce Guthrow's website, and it's Bruce Guthrow, Matt Mingle, and uh, Bray, Bray Isabel. She goes by now from from Cape Breton. Um, Lenny Gallant, like. Fantastic, you know. If you got, if there's no hockey to watch on a Friday night, eight o'clock on a Friday night, you can buy a ticket for twenty bucks and watch them. And it's been, it's been something to actually buy the time, and it's it's been fun. Like we put we put them on the on the big screen and tune in the audio and just have like a kitchen party watching them. It's and it's been really good. So if you find something looking to do on a Friday night that, that you're not watching a an early hockey game, you know, uh, BruceGuthrow.com, have a look at the Songwriter Circle. It's It's been entertaining. So, uh, no, yeah, that's just a throw great that plug. out there. No, I love that. It's a great plug. You know, it, it's – I don't – obviously, we're not going to talk about the pandemic. I mean, everybody knows what the hell's been going on for the last year. But, you know, it feels like, you know, th- th- there's a light at the end of the tunnel at this point. But I've loved, um, you know, from a social media standpoint, everybody and like the collaboration you talked about the musicians you know facebook groups were getting created and like you know i was watching whether it's the east coast kitchen party or whatever was happening that was taking place all virtually and i thought it was so wicked to see even a guy like classified jumped in while all these local musicians are playing and then all of a sudden he jumps in and starts cracking open a couple tunes with like the maritimes from way back in, in, in his album days and you know, to see music bringing people together, it, it's, you know, how many times, best, some of the best moments of your life, I'm sure, are sitting around a fire with a drink in your hand, listening to somebody jam on a guitar. Oh, buddy. So, right. Go way back. Uh, you know, many years ago, we used to do an event um, through work and the Digby Classic, uh, Digby Golf Classic, obviously in Digby. And uh, one aspect was it was uh, the, the musicians. And you'd be three o'clock in the morning, and the guys would be out back on the deck still playing guitars. You're talking like uh, Charlie Acord. Um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Bruce Guthrie would have been there. Uh, Mitch McDonald, John uh, uh, Johnny Reed was there one year. And okay. It's just, just seeing them on stage is one thing. Seeing them doing it uh, around a campfire and seeing how much they enjoy it. It's not like they have to be doing it. They want to be doing it to entertain at that point, and it just fantastic. I, Matt, Matt Anderson. I'm, oh, I'm glad you so brought up Johnny Reed because I, in my life, have never, and I mean ever, 
I had never seen Johnny Reed a whole lot, and then he came to the Avenir Center last year uh, before the whole city shut down. And Pete puts on know, a show. No matter, not, not just no puts on a show, but I'm talking how many women are <laughs> absolutely in love with Johnny Reed? Like women my mom's age, and like every, everybody. Like and my mom's young, um, but overall to see like. Like, that's their forte, and I've never in my life seen anything like that. Like, basically, they treat him like it's Justin Timberlake for the young crowd. Like, it's it's mind-blowing to me it's how many people yeah. love this man. Yeah, it, it's and he puts on a good show. I mean, I've, I've been, hell of a show. seen it. Um, love his music or not, the the entertaining part of it, uh, the showmanship is, is fantastic. And he's a great dude, man. He's a great guy. Yeah, 100%. Like... He's just a guy that picked up a guitar, realized he could sing, and wants to entertain. And uh, <laughs> that's that's what he wants to do. So, yeah, musicians, man. I think we got the wrong business, Pete. Should have been music. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. Can't play man. It. There's an auto tune for that. Don't even worry about it. Don't <laughs> even worry about it. Uh, shit, a few more man. drinks, and I'll start singing. You know that. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> What uh, so what else is going on, man? I mean, obviously things have kind of opened up a little bit. I mean, what's things? What what's the scene like in Nova Scotia right now? Uh, it's it's there. Um, yeah, restaurants are open. People are people are moving about still tentatively. I think everyone sees some reprieve coming, some light at the end of the tunnel. Again, you know, don't want to get into the that side of the pandemic and, and opinions on no, that. No, 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 no. But, you know, bars and restaurants are, are open to uh, reduced hours and, you know, people are getting out and starting to socialize a little bit. Um, Good, man. Hockey's back from a minor hockey perspective. Uh, I think it's... Have you, it's have you, been, have you been to the... Uh, Scot- uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, have you been down to the hockey game? Have you seen any Mooseheads games so far since they've been back? I've seen... Uh, I've seen a handful, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. been. It's a different. What's it experience. like with what's it, what's it like with the crowd experience? Obviously, with like twenty five percent capacity, it's got to be different, though, eh? Yeah, absolutely. It's you know, and you know, I think we talked about this beforehand. It's just the num the three teams you got: Cape Breton, Charlottetown, and, and Halifax. What's boring? Just playing through. Um, I even for the players, they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, give me somebody else, <laughs> give me somebody." Well, else especially because this is what we're talking about off camera, and that like. Especially when a team like Cape Breton is stacked. I mean, I mean not Cape Breton, uh, Charlottetown's stacked. I mean, they're super good. And when they come on in, and they're, I mean, think, I think their record's like twenty four and two right now, or something foolish. Like, they're they're literally rolling over the Maritime Division. So, a look good, good for Jim Halton, good for them, and good for everything going on. But it's got to be getting old. It has to be. Ah, uh, and yeah, you know, like I say, like they're traveling back and forth, probably, you know, spending money on that. Like I say, there's a couple hundred people in the Scotia Bank Center. Yeah. Um, the experience, you know, you're watching hockey. Yeah, it's cool to watch hockey. It's cool to watch, you know, developing talent come up. Uh, but at the same same point, uh, when there's no environment in the arena, it sort of sure does take away from the experience. Like, right. I think we're making a comment like. If you want to hear what players really say during a game, go to an app, go to a game now because what's carried off the ice through the arena is pretty easy to hear. And for your record, 
if you've got young kids, probably not the place to take them. Um, yeah. No, I mean, and yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Now, I was a guy on the other side who I would have paid more for an NHL package if I could have heard the players mic'd up and I could hear what these guys are saying between the benches. But we're living in a society in a world today because, like, yeah, I've been to a couple Cats games here in Moncton as well. Um, saw a game in St. John. And you're right. It is clear as day. Uh, if players are unhappy, you will know it. Um, it basically resonates through the entire building. But uh, you are right, though. It's, it's good to see live hockey. It's good to see live sports. But it's just it's it's different. I don't know how this whole I don't know how the league is going to keep going. I, I, I understand that we're on the upside and things are going that way. Uh, yeah, we'll see a President's Cup here. I, personal opinion. We're talking about biased opinions. I think it's about a 2% chance we see a Memorial Cup, which at that point you have to ask yourself what the hell are they doing and why are they doing this? Uh, right. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, and it, I agree. Uh, there's definitely not revenue in this uh, for the teams. Uh, Imagine owning a team. If you were a team owner right now, and you, like, you've got, again, you're, I understand the situation. It's kind of out of your control, but you're leaking money. Uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm trying to understand the interest in it i'm trying to understand why they want to keep icing teams at you know 800 people in the arena um and don't get me wrong they're not selling out their 20 percent. they're not like there's always tickets available down there it's not like oh there's only you know 20 percent available and we're going to sell out all the tickets no it's not happening um right I, I just don't see the benefit you know Yes, players are still developing, and you know if you look in in the case of like Justin Barron, like right, playing right. in and out in and out, he's you know looking to move on, and it would have been, and this is sort of the same capacity of what the OHL has not started. So a lot of the players that have been drafted in the OHL are playing in the A, and they're getting great experience playing with bigger, better guys playing a bigger schedule um you look at someone like justin Barron. if the q wasn't playing right now and matching up against two other teams he right. would be in a farm system where he could be actually developing at a, at a higher rate which is where he should be right now i understand what the chl has done so they can actually keep their keep their product up um with uh, you know drafted nhl players and, and, and right. marketable marketable teams but during the pandemic and what you really need to do for these, these kids' future is let them develop at the highest available today. Um, of course. And it's not right now playing the same teams over and over. And, and uh, I, think, I just think it would be beneficial for these kids that are not going to be around next year to go and get a taste, right? Well, it's funny you talk about attendance because I actually pulled up the attendance numbers uh, this morning. Uh, I was looking at something. I tweeted it out. So average attendance right now, uh, obviously Moncton leads average attendance right now uh, per game at 2242. Halifax behind them, 1513, which is basically just based off arena size and capacity. But overall, and I understand what these numbers mean, but I was actually surprised to see the Halifax numbers as low as they were. Because um, I think, what is it? It's 25% capacity, Pete? Is that what they're operating at? I thought it was 20, but maybe it's 20. Okay, maybe it's 20. Because um, uh, I look at it, like I said, I mean, obviously with a bigger arena size, but it just goes to show how many, you know, Haligonians, I guess we'll call you guys. Um, actually, you know, we're taking their time out, making sure the measurements were done properly. Um, now, I know that there were some games that kind of, that were played with zero fans, so that probably skewed the numbers a little bit. Sure. 
Um, but then you got St. John. The funny thing is on that side. Sorry. Not, no, not keep going. Though. Go ahead. From, from a Halifax perspective, those are pre-sold tickets. And there's come on, right. 35 suites in there. So if if those suites are sold and the tickets are sold and, and as part of that, that's included in the attendance sometimes. Depending right. on if they're scanning on the way in. They, it's Paid attendance is different than actual attendance. Of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And don't kid yourself, folks. Those are the numbers they go on. Um, so for you guys, too, this year was a first come, first serve, too, I believe. Eh? There was no season tickets other than your sweet holders? No, correct. Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, I'm, again, I shouldn't comment because I don't exactly recall what they did because they were going to offer some game packages for the uh, for the fans. Uh, sorry, okay. for the ticket hold, season ticket holders. Yep. Um, I don't know where that went after the Atlantic bubble burst. Um, I don't know where that went after, you know, they determined that there was only going to be Kate Bratton and Cheryl Tag come to town. So <laughs> I, I really don't know where they went from that. So I, I won't comment. No, no, that's fair. And then continuing down the list, St. John's at 1452. Acadie Bathurst is at 1119. Cape Breton's averaging 939 fans a game and Charlottetown's averaging 746 fans a game. Um, now, of course, every team in Quebec's still not allowed to have fans. Plus, they bubbled for a bit. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm not trying, and I'm actually tied very, very, very tightly to the QMJHL, as you know. Um, so, I, I, obviously, I kind of bite my tongue a little bit in regards to how I feel about it. But overall, like I said, it, it, we're blessed. I mean, fans, the 22 or the 1,500 fans that get into these buildings are blessed to see live hockey. You're right. But it's just not the same. The atmosphere is not the same. You talked about the suites at the Avenir Center. Same idea. I was there. Like I said, I was calling the St. John game last weekend. And I think there might have been two suites that might have had a couple people in it. Nothing too right. major. But you're right. right. Pre-sold tickets are the numbers they use for this. And, you know, the Wildcats, for example, were advertising a sellout. And I was like, and I understand from a marketing, like I get why you do it, but it's almost a slap in the face to the fans. Like it's not a sellout. Um, in fact, even after a point where they announced a sellout, I could still go on to Ticketmaster and buy. There were still thirty-two tickets available. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, and it's you know again, you start to think, is that revenue worth it? Not not necessarily. Like, okay, well, you go to put people in the seats that you know. Maybe this is the time to introduce people to the game that haven't been to a game. Was that the right experience for them? I don't know. You know, selling selling a thousand tickets is it is the revenue that important? What's that? Fifteen thousand dollars? I don't know what ticket goes for nowadays. Man, Probably ticket pricing in Moncton has increased. An average ticket is thirty bucks now in Moncton. Yeah. So if you're selling a thousand, well, think about game, it. If you're an adult with two kids, I'll use your family as an example. You guys go to a Wildcats game here. It's 30 bucks for your adult tickets and 20 bucks for your kids' tickets. It's $100 for you guys to see a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League game live in action right now. It's crazy. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. And I know that, like, in, in, in certain markets, you know, emails went out to the season ticket holders asking, hey, look, we understand that times are tough. Uh, times are tough for us as well. Would you be open to a slight ticket increase so that we can give you a product on the ice? And at the end of the day, my, my answer to that is, and I'm saying this again, this is my own opinion, please don't shoot the messenger. I think that's absolutely foolish. I understand why you do it, but at the same time, everybody else who's buying these season tickets are going through the same struggles you are, right? So right. for you to increase your ticket sales, and I get, and I'm all for big business, I get it. I understand why you did it, but I just don't think it was the right time to introduce something like that. 
No, not you're trying to cut losses by increasing um, prices on probably your most faithful fan base because right. they're still willing to to come um, at a reduced capacity at a higher price. That you know, look, raise your French you, fries by a dollar, raise your water right. by a dollar, get people in the building, just not the beer. Beer is already expensive in Moncton, but I think it's like ten bucks <laughs> a can. <laughs> they're okay. Uh, crazy. But yeah, oh, I agree. It's, and and hopefully this is this is the last year. Um, hopefully, come September, we're again we're all jabbed with a vaccine and ready to go, ready to go. You know, but uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And everybody's hoping for it. Everybody wants to get back to being social with people outside of your ten. All I know, oh, see, we're at fifteen in New Brunswick now. We're at fifteen. Um, we've increased it by five. I just want to be able to get on a golf course with you and cross a border. Like that's all I'm looking yeah, for. I want to get true. to Nova Scotia. That's all I need right now. I got a little taste. We got to see. I got to see Jr. last week. Um, he was in town from St. John working on some business stuff. So we grabbed a quick bite to eat. And you know, obviously, it's just it sucks. It sucks when you can't see your buds. Um, I mean, yes. The social media side of things, the internet side of things, the fact that you and I can do this virtually thanks to technology is absolutely incredible. But it's not the same, man. I just want to be on a golf course crushing a blue lobster with you somewhere and just watching somebody like Chad just, just fall into the woods. Like swear. that's 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 what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> oh man, like I said, we hope hopefully the bubble hopefully the bubble pops. Or sorry, I should say. Shouldn't say pop. Uh, comes back around by the end of June, mid June we can you know, get to New Brunswick, get to the island, get to Nova Scotia, and, and uh, bring some the, outdoor normalcy. How about that? Yeah, yeah, we're close. I mean, based off the last few numbers, too, I saw popping in, uh, obviously, without going into it. But, like, Atlantic Canada's looking very good right now. Very good. Yeah, uh, you know, other than, again, we're, other than the news out of Ontario that they're sitting their third wave, uh, hopefully we yeah, can yeah, yeah. get that vaccinated before it moves back. On awesome, to more brother. brighter things, you know. <laughs> keep the keep the conversation positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, drinking with you on a golf course is as positive as it gets. That's, that's pretty positive. That's that's uh, shit, buddy. It's All right, man. Time. Well, you know what? I think it's a good spot for us to end, man. For our first show, we're at uh, a little over forty minutes. Um, you know, we, this has been fun. Obviously, we're going to do this once a week. Uh, we'll be a little more structured moving forward. We just wanted to get this thing off the ground and have some conversations, have some good laughs, and, and you know, we want to hear from the fans. So anything you want to do, in fact, if you ever want to join our show, let us know. Um, I can send out links, and you know, we'll be taking questions live on air. We'll be doing everything we want to do. Um, so yeah, make sure you reach out to us. I will put all the platforms. We're going to be on all of podcast platforms. We'll be on YouTube. We'll be on Apple Podcasts. We'll be on Spotify. We will be everywhere there is to be. Uh, just look for embellish. It'll pop up. Um, yeah, we're excited, man. And so I hope you guys enjoy the journey we're going to take with you guys. And if there's anything you want to hear, something you want to talk us to talk about, like I said, just let us know. Uh, send us a tweet. I'll have our handles up. Um, and at that point, yeah, I think that's it, man. So, uh, Pete, this has been a lot of fun, man. I'm excited to get this thing off the ground. Yes, for sure. Uh, like I said, it's been a long time coming. Look forward to evolving embellish and uh, bringing more people, get them involved and just having conversations, hearing what the people have to say. By the way, embellish before we go, got to give the man full props. This was a Peter Bowers idea. This is where it came from. This was a great name for the show. Um, yeah, I was reading the slogan when you sent it to me. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's it. That's going to wrap it up for episode one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Stay cool, but don't freeze.